your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Grant Bills also in studio with me for the last time until he heads to the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY, our sister station, beginning next Monday. But Grant, you're taking a little little day off tomorrow, huh? Yeah, we're going up to celebrate because this was the last week of class at UWL. So me and a couple other friends are done um, and me and two of my roommates are going to go up to our cabin this weekend and just do a little fishing, just kind of celebrate and then be back for work. On Monday. And, that was the idea. Before I start my show next week, take one three-day weekend and then be back for a while and, and no more weekend trips. And I'm going to try to have Joe Gao. Joe Gao was in a meeting today. There was some news with the University of Wisconsin system. So I'm going to try to have Joe Gao on tomorrow. Uh, you guys aren't going to get to walk the walk as a graduating senior at UWL. No, I am not. And by the way, the the story about um, some more news about the UW system. I read some yesterday about how they're they're going to have to cut back this fall. There's probably going to be fewer classes, maybe some layoffs. We have another story today about requirements for getting into college and how that has changed. So there's a teaser that's coming up in uh, about ten minutes now. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, I'm Wisdom, getting good at this news thing. Perfect. Wisdom news as we uh, as we send you on your way. Yeah, seriously. Uh, WisdomNews.com too. You can read about that. Uh, uh, Ray Cross, the UW System president, talking about layoffs and cutting courses. So, uh, and Grant will talk to you about it in a couple of minutes. Uh, before, after that, after Grant is done doing the news at five or five ten, five twelve around there, uh, Viterbo's chair of biology. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, expertise in entomology, otherwise the study of insects. We're going to bring him on at 515, Ted Wilson. We're going to talk about this, Grant. We're going to talk about murder hornets. Do you, have you read that's, anything about those? That's the content that this show needs today. Most <laughs> people would be talking about Joe Biden and how he's a bad candidate or coronavirus. Let's get into the murder. Let's be the number one murder hornet show in this market. I yeah. think that's how we set ourselves apart. And uh, we've had Ted Wilson on one other time, and we talked about the bug apocalypse. There's been stories kind of rotating now about uh, how a lot of the bugs are have been depleting over the last 30 years, a big percentage. And then now the latest stories are, it's more complicated than that. And it's like, of course, like you can't just say, oh, the bugs are dying and, and not have it not be complicated. But other things we could talk about with Viterbo's Ted Wilson, chair of biology there, uh, ticks. Obviously, ticks and mosquitoes are coming out. And if you remember the last couple of years, this has been really annoying. Grant, are are you a golfer? Those gnats, those little tiny bugs that just are never, they, they just swarm you every time, uh, especially when you're golfing, right? I don't, I don't know if you typically golf. I am not a golfer. Fishing, though, like fishing, do you get those gnats on you when yeah, you're fishing? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do some fly fishing this week when I'm up, or this weekend when I'm up north, so I hope the gnats aren't bad. We were up there two weeks ago and it wasn't too bad, but yeah. I, I got to think mosquitoes are a little bit confused right now. Like, where is... <laughs> Where's everyone? The big bonfires and outdoor parties this time of year? Yeah, like- that's a that's a great question. We'll we'll ask Ted about that too. Uh, those gnats aren't quite out yet. Mosquitoes, I don't think, are quite out yet. They're 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 ramping up, and 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 it'll be interesting as the weather freezes the next two nights. Uh, we could ask him too if how how that affects uh, bug populations. Also, in my news story, while we're being comprehensive in our teases, I'm <laughs> okay. talking about that today. Too. Super tease, super tease. Seriously. Okay, and then we're going to tease a little bit more after that. Firefighters Credit Union President Bruce the Money Man Zamolik is going to come on, and he's got some news for us that I accidentally broke last week Friday, but we're going to break it again. And we're going to talk about Food Drive Fridays and and how Bruce is affiliating uh, Firefighters Credit Union with that. But on top of that, with everything... You know, we, we can get into the coronavirus a little bit we, with everything dealing with the economy and how our lives are changing, the, all those cliches. They're almost cliches now the way you, we talk about this, but 
these I've, unprecedented times. Yeah, the unprecedented times, the new normal, stuff like that. But, you know, obviously people have lost their jobs. People are filing for unemployment uh, a little bit hard up. And Bruce, the money man, we'll see if he's got any good advice for, uh, you know, people in, in certain situations. And we could see what would come up. With. And maybe Bruce has a solution for us all, too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we can talk about people that, that are just kind of in a situation where money might be tight right now. And they, they've got to deal with it, and Bruce might have some good advice. But, again, we're going to bring him on. We're going to talk about this Food Drive Friday thing that happens tomorrow. So I want to I want to get this out there, too, because this is week four, I believe. Food Drive Friday is going to happen through May. Hunger Task Force of La Crosse, the County Health Department, iFeed, uh, Rotary Clubs, Rotary Lights. Uh, all these groups are involved in this thing, and it's been just tearing it up for uh, restocking our, I can get this terms right, food bank. So La Crosse has a food bank. The Hunger Task Force of La Crosse is the food bank. The food bank supplies all the food shelves, all those, uh, you know, school lunch meal programs. They're not the total supply, but they're, you know, like if these programs need food, they go to the Hunger Task Force. So what we do on Fridays at three locations is it's a little drive through, throw your throw your canned goods, throw whatever you want to donate money to. It works as well. I mean, you don't have to go to the drive-thru if you want to donate money, but cash is nice. Uh, you could donate cash. I think I took some, I, I took like three cash donations when I was standing there taking pictures in week one. But So three locations. So the Valley View Mall, the Macy's parking lot, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. These, these happen. The Macy's parking lot, the Valley View Mall. Downtown La Crosse at the, at the Courthouse Law Enforcement Center, that's another location. And the south side and the Big Lots parking lot is the third location. So anyone can go to Food Drive Fridays, bring a canned good. I think, uh, let me see if I can remember. Peanut butter was always a thing. Uh, cereal, pasta, pasta sauce. That's four. There were five of them. Oh, canned tuna. That was the fifth one. I remembered them. Um, so those are like the big five that they want donated. But uh, Shelly Fortner, the Hunger Task Force Executive Director, always told us they get interesting things and people that end up at these food pantries are like, whoa, you, there's, they have this and they probably just grab it off the shelf right away because it's just a kind of a unique, unique item. So they'll take whatever you got. And uh, again, those locations, the Valley View Mall parking lot, Macy's, uh, the law enforcement center downtown here and the big lots parking lot in the south side. So 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. tomorrow. Go grab something out of your uh, go go grab something out of your pantry and, and bring it down to Food Drive Friday. So far, let's see, I got these numbers. So far, they've donated uh, three week total forty thousand pounds of food and one hundred and three thousand dollars, which includes a twenty five thousand dollar donation. And at the bottom of half of the hour, we're going to talk with Bruce Zamolik, the president of Firefighters Credit Union, about how that's going to jump significantly. All right, let's go. Let's make Grant do the news. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. If anyone has questions about murder hornets or ticks or anything bug-related or really biology-related, uh, do- doctor, are you Dr. Ted Wilson? Hi, Rick, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You call me Ted, though. <laughs> I do that every time because I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, Dr. Ted Wilson, chair of biology at Viterbo and his expertise in entomology or the study of bugs. Or insects, whatever right. you want to call it. Um, yeah, I kind of had a, 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 li- a rundown list. Uh, I know we, last time you were on, and I can't even remember if it was last summer or, or maybe even before. Maybe it was this time last year. Uh, we talked a little bit about the bug apocalypse. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. the, the news there kind of changed, but the. 
the news that, you know, and then we could talk about ticks and those gnats that are annoying me, and Grant kind of talked about that a little bit beforehand. But, <laughs> sure, whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, but the news everybody is kind of hearing, and I don't is, I, I don't know if this is just the media overplaying something or if we actually should be concerned about this, and maybe we shouldn't be in Wisconsin because everything dies in the winter anyway, but these, <laughs> these murder hornets, I think they're, I don't know, are they officially called the Asian giant hornet? Because that sounds like a pretty basic name, too. Yeah, no, you, you're exactly right. Yeah, the uh, the unofficial common name is something more similar to Asian giant hornet rather than murder hornet. That's that is something that you know was established a few years back. But yeah, this is a this is a really large wasp, about two inches, that was recently discovered uh, um, in the United States for the first time uh, a few months back, and um, only a couple of individuals were found, which are both dead now. But the concern, and they're monitoring for it, is is this becoming established in uh, in the United States? Yeah, I'm looking at a New York Post headline right here. Grizzly video shows praying mantis eating brain of a murder hornet. Um, and then there's obviously the video of that, which is not Ooh. as cool as it I, sounds. I but. think we miss sports. That's the message I took away from that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's also blood sports here in some other way, you know. Yeah, so so part of these stories that I'm reading, this is a funny line too. Kills up to 50 people a year in Japan. So that's sure. a, that's a weird way to say like maybe it doesn't kill anyone in Japan some years. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, just do you, any idea how this thing that he are they social distancing too much in Japan? So it's easier over <laughs> here in the United States. They kind of turned up in Washington, like you said. Um, yeah. Did they did they hitch a ride on a ship? Do you think how do you, how do you think they got here? Yeah, that's the theory. Is in fact, I think they came in, came down across the border from Canada, right across the right across the border. There's Vancouver, and it's a large city, of course, which has lots of uh, lots of transportation for shipping containers and all of that from Japan. This is an Eastern Asian wasp, so there's you know there's thousands and thousands of shipping containers that cross the ocean every every month, probably. I don't really know the numbers on that, but it's just a matter of time before. Something hitches a ride and, and becomes established, and this happens many times every year. Uh, so the hornet's not the first one to come across uh, across uh, the ocean. So what? it probably came across the across the border from Canada. We think. You know, aside from we have those Asian beetles that we did to ourselves. I don't know if that those are helping <laughs> at all or not. They're not really. They're kind of annoying, but I don't think they really hurt anything. Um, is what would you say is the worst thing that's maybe hitched a ride over here that's really caused? You know, the the worst damage, oh. that, that's an invasive insect. Do you have any idea? Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of depends on the time. There's a, there was a European corn borer back in the 90s that was causing huge amounts of problems. So most of these most of these are going to be crop pests. Um, we have, uh, there's a, there's an um, Asian uh, soybean aphid that causes lots of problems, obviously, with soybeans. Um, there are, uh, there's a wood type pest. So, we you know, right now everybody's heard of emerald ash borer. Um, so there's wood borers types that cause problems across cities across the country right now. So um, this is something that we kind of forget about it, but most of these big-time pests are, are new ones that have established new territory where they don't have a, a predator that, or, or, a, or a parasites that are killing them off. So they kind of have a heyday free time. So, Ted, one of our, our listeners texted in, and he wants to know if these new hornets are ground dwellers. Like, do they live in the ground? Do they make nests? Like, what's the rundown? What do we need to know? Kind of the scouting reports. The scouting, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. keep bringing so up sports, really but yeah. The scouting reports of these guys, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're huge. They're a big wasp. What they do, they, um, they uh, will attack the honeybee hives. So that's a big problem. So they just mur- they, they do murder honeybees. They just go through and rip off heads. Many, many, many of those. They'll wipe out a whole hive, and then what they'll do is they'll take the honey. They'll also take uh, the larva, 
and pupa of the honeybees back to their little hive, which they will nest in the ground or in a stump or something like that. So these are a social wasp, but they do have a hive of them of their of their own. Do we have to worry, Ted, about these things uh, lasting winter? Like, are we going to have to worry about them here, or is it something that if they if they get south, maybe they become established because of the the climate there is going to never winter over, or are they are they a bug that that can survive in the winter? Maybe they hibernate. Yeah, so they, they, um, th- that question is unknown. We do not know for sure if they will survive our winter, um, and, and so the verdict is completely out on that. Um, they, if, if they were, if they did become established, which is really not likely, because considering uh, if it did happen, and it would be years from now, uh, it would take them a long time to get here from Washington, um, they could cause a problem if they were here, um, especially for honeybee farmers. Um, and are we blowing this all out of proportion too, just because they're two inches long and they've actually had killed people uh, over in Japan apparently, and uh, that's it's just like the video, like the uh, they're New terrifying. Po- the New York Post headline I, I, says grisly video of them. Tearing. I, I really encourage your listeners not to worry about the murder hornet. <laughs> um, it is 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 really really not a thing that we need to be concerned about. If you were if we were in Washington State. Um, it definitely we would be monitoring and, and, and asking the public to look out for stuff. But right now, just kind of consider this: that this kind of the blip out in Washington, and you know, it's right right now we, we don't have any unknown established groups of these wasps in in, uh, in the United States. So, um, and, you know, that those numbers about people dying. You know, if you think about it, lots of people already are allergic to bees, and we we do have I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but we do have many people that are stung and have problems because of that. And so that is something that we just have already kind of adapted to and don't really worry about as a public anyway. Obviously, if you are allergic, that is something you want to avoid, you know, being around bees. Yeah. So the so the murder hornets are coronavirus and honeybees are the <laughs> flu. And people are going to remind us that, well, actually, honeybees kill more people. Is that I think that's what I'm hearing, Rick. <laughs> don't do it. I know how don't it's going to go. Don't answer that, Ted. I'm not answering that, no. <laughs> Viterbo's Ted Wilson, chair of biology, expertise in entomology. Ted, uh, the, the way that I think these get headlines is we call them murder hornets. I think we have a pretty problematic disease happening in Wisconsin and we call it chronic wasting disease and it's super boring. But if I think, I feel like if you go out to New York, they call it like zombie deer disease and they probably get a lot more funding to study it and try to get rid of it in New York because it's called zombie deer disease. And people call, what do we do? And we got to get rid of the zombie deer. And here we call it chronic wasting disease. Do we have a PR problem in Wisconsin with how we're labeling diseases? It's all about publicity. How do you get the funding, right? <laughs> yeah. So we got to change it. We got to get this going like zombie deer disease. And then we can start, you know, maybe better work, uh, getting the, uh, the word out there a little bit better about what is actually going on is do you do you study that do you study chronic wasting disease quite a bit or are you interested in something in that stuff and how big of a problem is it if you are i guess yeah yeah no I, it's not something that i study a lot on um i'm just familiar with like maybe other people with the problem with chronic wasting and and, the, and, the, and with the deer and maybe you know other other infestations like that it's it's uh it's something that uh, we need to monitor and you know controlling the herd size and those types of things are important also you know of course monitoring it during the deer season and see making sure that you know tag deer aren't infected with that um the weather's supposed to freeze over tonight i'm just switching topics now the weather's supposed to freeze over yeah. tonight 
and me and Grant were talking. Grant, what were we talking about? Something with mosquitoes and mis- oh, Grant, Grant, go ahead, bring up your mosquito and social distancing. You, oh, you remember? Yeah, if if nobody's outside in big groups, is that going to impact mosquitoes? I, I feel like we're actually spending more time outside rather than sitting at home. But like, what kind of impact does that have on mosquitoes or, or other are bugs there? Yeah, are they, they going to be confused? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're great. So I would not feel sorry for the mosquitoes. No. Mosquitoes are going to be just fine if we're all indoors or not. But uh, um, what's really interesting with the COVID-19 and the impact on nature, kind of a broad topic here, right? You know, I don't know if you guys have heard your stories, but in places where there's lots of people, nature's coming back. Um, they're, they're, they're seeing animals in, in the streets of larger cities. I really think that nature's going to have a, a nice rebound here while human influence has really declined over these last few months. Yeah, that's it's one of those deals where it's another one of those coronavirus topics where lacrosse isn't impacted. We don't really we we don't really understand it a whole lot because I think we have a pretty good pretty good yeah. grasp on nature. We could just walk, you know, a mile probably in any direction and and find nature. Um and then deer, you know, if we see deer in our yards, it's not all that uncommon here, I suppose. Town deer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, but with uh, with it freezing tonight and tomorrow, I don't know. Are mosquitoes really – they're not really out in force yet, are they? No, the mosquito season starts in April, and it really goes through October. So they're, they're not one that where they all just come out at once. Um, so if we get a few nights of freezing, um, yeah, any mosquito that's out and about not paying attention to the weather will die from the freezing, but it has plenty of brothers and sisters uh, waiting to come out, you know they are. Uh, they live in a. They live as, as a, a, an aquatic environment as a larva over winter, um, and then come out when they're ready in the in the in the spring and the summer as well. So we might see a small dip, but it'll be, it'll be uh, mosquito populations rebound pretty quickly. And the same probably for ticks, right? This whole freezing the next two nights isn't mm-hmm. really. It's going to impact our plants on our decks more than it's going to impact the the bugs uh, in a month from now, huh? Absolutely, yeah. These short, these uh, these short-term weather uh, changes with with freezing at this time of year is not a big deal. As you said, probably maybe a bigger bigger impact on some of the plants. Uh, if you've got your flowers and your garden as exposed, you might have a problem with those, though. Um, and then we, the last thing we're going to talk about, Ted, uh, Ted Wilson, Viterbo, chair of Bio- biology. Uh, we, we talked about this last time too, and it's it's not super annoying yet. It will when it gets hot out. These black flies, these little mm. annoying gnats. Uh, how do we, you know, is that going to be a problem this year again, and is it just going to be a problem forever? Well, the, the message on that is every year is different. You know, we kind of get used to uh, uh, thinking things are always going to be the same. And last year, if people recall, there was these black flies or gnats or whatever you want to call them were a huge problem last year. And it could be possible, again, that they're going to be out in, in good numbers this year. Uh, this is the thing to remember is to protect yourself. If you, um, if you are sensitive to those types of things, maybe you want to think about some sort of insect uh, repellent or clothing um, or just staying out of, out, of the, when they're out of the environment when they're out. But um, right now, uh, I say there's above average chance to, to you know, the weather dependent. We've had a pretty, pretty warm and mild spring so far. We'll probably see a good number of gnats and mosquitoes again this year, as well as the ticks. And I just, I thought of one more thing. Uh, lacrosse, I think the last two years, is, I think they've stopped spraying for mosquitoes throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you're, you're good with being a, a bug guy mm-hmm. or you're, you're 
bad with being a human that doesn't want to get eaten right. by mosquitoes. Right. Well, whatever, whatever you apply some sort of chemical treatment, you have to be able to answer a couple of questions. One, is it, is it worth it is the big one, right? And so the, the cost, of course, of the money, but then is also the pollution, is also the toxic level of whatever you're putting out there. And so if you are applying a spray, you just want to make sure that there are actually enough insects out there that it's worth controlling. Um, there are very safe chemicals, but there always is, you know, some risk with whatever type of, whatever type of chemical you're using. Is it is it something that's like even makes sense in in a in a city like Lacrosse to spray around for mosquitoes? Or are they just gonna you know oh you you spray and in a couple of days yeah. they just come down from Hickson Forest again anyway? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, and, and uh, for mosquitoes especially, they, any wet and wet relatively still water will uh, will bring about more mosquitoes, and we certainly have plenty of that in the in the Lacrosse area. So it is kind of a losing battle, but you might be able to get a bit of, a little bit of local protection for a short period of time if you do spray. All right. Thanks a lot, Dr. Wilson, for coming on and and, and putting up with our nonsense. <laughs> nice to talk to you, Rick. Nice to talk to you, Grant. All right. That was Dr. Ted Wilson, Chair of Biology at Viterbo University. When we come back from Grant doing the news and Scott's comment, we're going to talk to Firefighters Credit Union Bruce uh, President Bruce Simolik, the money man, a little bit about money, a little bit about Food Drive Fridays. He's got he's got some news there. So we'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. If you got questions for Bruce the Money Man's Moloch, Firefighters Credit Union president, he's on the air with us right now. Bruce, you hanging in there? I'm hanging in, hanging in, a little frustrated, but... Uh... Uh, you know, you, you do what you got to do. Now, you guys had, uh, I, I kind of uh, accidentally broke some news last Friday talking with Shelly Fortner, the Hunger Task Force, and uh, with what you guys are doing at Firefighters Credit Union, along with the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse, along with Food Drive Fridays, do you want to, like, do the official, I know you've kind of officially done it already on your Facebook page, or uh, is it your Facebook page or your website? Uh, but, yeah, uh, do you just... Yeah, it, it's uh, it's on our Facebook page, and if you want to see the video introducing what we're doing, go to our the Firefighters Credit Union Facebook page. You can see the video that was posted today, and yeah, it accidentally got posted last night as well. So a lot of people got a sneak preview, but uh, we weren't going to start till Monday. But uh, you know what? Now's a good time as any. Yeah, so uh, essentially, and you could tell me if I got it wrong, I'm just using the information I got because uh, I didn't watch the video yet. Um, you guys are uh, essentially going to match any donations that are, don- that are given to the Hunger Task Force through Food Drive Fridays, through the rest of May, up to $50,000. Is that still the, the case? $50,000. Uh, I, I know some folks who read the press release thought that I didn't proofread it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it is fifty thousand dollars. We usually rewrite those anyway, just to, to because that's you know, <laughs> part of a, part of the job is rewriting press releases. So that's fine. Um, yeah, how do you guys? Uh, d- d- now there was an anonymous donor that donated twenty five thousand dollars. So I'm imagine the firefighters credit union uh, task force that you guys have there go. You know what? We're just going to double that. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> how did you guys come up? Uh, come up with uh, that decision? And how hard? I mean, I, I suppose well, it's not a hard decision, I, I, but. <laughs> You'd have to talk to our board of directors um, on, on how they came up with the amount, but uh, uh, they've given me this, this this task, which has become a, a labor of, of love for me because it's going to help a lot of people. And uh, first, when I was told fifty thousand dollars, I'm like, "Wow, uh, this is going to hurt a little bit," but uh, <laughs> it, it's going to hurt so good, though. 
yeah, that's a, that was kind of. I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. But you know, like, if you how many board of directors make the decision, you, you give the okay, and then uh, and then you put little uh, maybe some buckets out around the office, right? Right. So you know, and uh, we're we're just uh, not challenging, but requesting folks from the community uh, to they can come into any of our branches, give us cash, or give us checks payable to the hunger task force. And uh, we're going to match everything. So give us ten bucks, we're going to make it twenty. Give us a thousand, we'll make it two thousand. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll reach a hundred thousand dollars in donations this month. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, and for th- over three weeks now, the uh, food drive Fridays obviously happens tomorrow. I talked about those locations and talk about them a little bit, but we've I think we've raised around a hundred and three thousand. If I did the math right. And we've we've given forty thousand over forty thousand pounds of food. So um, there's no way you're not getting a, you're not on the hook, Bruce, for fifty thousand dollars. There's no way it's going to happen, man. Well, good. I uh, I really don't want to match ten or twenty or thirty thousand. We we want to match the full fifty. So, folks, you know, like I said, make it hurt, make it hurt. So uh, <laughs> any spare any spare dollars you have. Uh, it's it's going to be an investment that uh, you'll feel you'll feel good about. Yeah, and I think Bruce, this is really important that you guys come through with this, and especially with this much money because drives like this. So it and the lacrosse communities really come through because drives like this usually the first week everyone shows up and there's a huge following, and then after that it kind of tails off. This hasn't tailed off at all. The first two weeks, uh, were the first three weeks have been really good. Everyone's continued to donate food. And now maybe week four and through the rest of May, we're doing this every Friday. Maybe it starts to tail off, but now Firefighters comes through with this huge matching donation. And I, I think this is going to ramp it up again. I think people are going to show up in waves again tomorrow. Well, good. Uh, that's, that's the plan. And i got to tell you, um, I don't think I've ever seen a community like across Wisconsin and, and Holman and on Alaska and West Salem the people just continuously come through for their neighbors. What an honor and a privilege to live in this community. So, you know, great work, uh, lacrosse area. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it really makes me proud to, to be amongst uh, such great folks. Again, we're talking to Bruce, the money man's Molek, Firefighters Credit Union president. Bruce, obviously, you know, we're doing this Food Drive Fridays for a reason. You're giving this $50,000 matching donation for a reason as the money man. And people are, are, you know, in there's a lot of people in different situations, losing their job, maybe on unemployment, maybe reduced hours. Their, their Money is tight. Do you have, and I know there's so many different ways you could look at us. Do you have like some some advice for people as as they're, we're we're trying to work through this pandemic and and get to the other side? Well, that's it's, it's a tough question because uh, the situation is what it is, and people who prepared for something like this are, are doing fine. Those who didn't aren't. And uh, for those who didn't prepare, I just would ask that you remember what this was like. And remember how much you, how uncomfortable you are right now, and how much you hated it, and work towards having um, you know three to six months of savings or living expenses in a savings account for this. Um, and you just you, you know I'm, I'm hoping this will teach people how to budget their money. Uh, most of us don't have budgets where every dollar has a job at the beginning of the month, and every dollar is assigned to a task, be it saving fun, uh, charity. Um, 
people need to do that. And hopefully this will teach us lessons because um, if we don't learn from this, then then it's going to be even, you know, it's more tragic than it already is if we don't learn some, some things from it. Now, Bruce, did you have, uh, along with the six to eight months of savings built up, also on top of that, did you have $50,000 too? Because uh, that's probably a big, pretty big hit for your wallet. Well, just keep in mind, this isn't my money. I <laughs> know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this, is the, the, uh, this is the credit union money. Um, so, you know, I'm just the one that gets to spread the good news. Yeah, definitely. And, People are people are thanking me like I'm doing it personally, but that's not the case. You know, thank the uh, thank the members and the board of the credit union if you really want to thank somebody. And Bruce, being the president of firefighters, and obviously you guys are a business. Everything is, you know, I don't, I don't know how how impacted are you guys uh, with this whole thing in terms of a business? Well, we're we're doing fine. Uh, we have we have a product that is essential, and people really can't do without it. So we haven't closed down. We've we've, we've shut our lobbies. We've taken all the precautions. Uh, our strategy with this whole thing is we're going to respect this virus, but we're not going to panic. You know, and you make your your customers, your members, and your employees as comfortable as possible. And um, it's it's kind of been. I wouldn't say business as usual, but uh, there's a lot of mortgage closings going on right now, and uh, those have gone off without a hitch um, with, uh, you know, our great staff and and what the title companies in town have done to accommodate closings. So we're fine. Um, You know, uh, the people that are hurting are the ones that uh, have no job now and didn't qualify for any benefits. You know, when you're the one who's unemployed, the unemployment rate is 100. percent So, yeah, those Bruce, are the people I'm worried about. Bruce, you know, obviously, you guys, you're doing what you're doing at Firefighters. You've probably had people that have come to you with uh, they're doing business through you that have been impacted that maybe can't do the you know can't make the payments or do you guys what have you guys what have you done to to kind of help them through through this pandemic? You know, do you do you guys do anything special with the with the coronavirus, as as people are losing well, their jobs, a- absolutely. We have uh, I've deferred many, many, many payments. We're just simply taking a payment or two and taking them and putting them on the end of the loan, so people can get over this. Hopefully, it's just a two or three month stress we're, we're, we're dealing with. So uh, all they have to do is is uh, tell me how how this COVID nineteen situation has you know, affected their their livelihood or their income. And I haven't said no to anyone yet. Yeah, me. Um, so we're, we're we're doing everything we can. Grant and I have, have talked about we you know kind of off air. We've talked about hey, this there's a lot of talk about postponing rent, postponing mortgage, and you know, and then when the postponement ends, you know, you owe everything back. But we're like, you know, it wouldn't be so hard. I don't think if you took a mortgage payment, hey, I I got to defer three months of mortgage, and you just tacked it on to the end. Is that kind of how that would work? Uh, that's pretty much how it works. Uh, you know, there are some forbearances where if, if you skip three months and month four, you've got to make all four payments. So you need to be careful what you uh, agree to. Yeah, that's the, and then that that was what we were talking about. It's like, okay, at month four, if, if I miss three payments, I'm not going to have enough money to pay four months worth, which it seems like a really easy thing to tack it on to the end of the month. But obviously, I don't run a credit union or a mortgage loan place, so I don't know. I don't really know. Oh, you don't? <laughs> 
Um, all right, Bruce. Well, thanks a lot for putting up with us for your, for a couple minutes. Are you going to show up at one of these three locations tomorrow? Are we going to see you down there? Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I've actually been inundated with uh, uh, appearances uh, because of this whole thing. Uh, so, I'll, uh, you know, if I can, I'm going to try to make it. All right. Yeah. Shoot us a text and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it out there that Bruce is, hey, go find Bruce. He's out, he's out here or there. I'm sure it'd be such a thrill for people to meet me. Hey, they they, they want to <laughs> wave to you. They can't shake your hand, obviously, but you know it'd be cool. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Wait, for... wait, thank you, guys. Yep. Have a great night. All right, Bruce Zabolik, president of Firefighters Credit Union, uh, inundated with appearances, including Rick texting him an hour ago and like or a couple hours ago and saying, "Hey, Bruce, we got to talk about this." And uh, so, yeah. Um, all right, Grant. Let's take that last quick break, and we'll be back. Do we? Do we? Will we have time to talk about this Giannis Antetokounmpo news? Yeah, I think if we break right now, we just might. Right. All right. Let's go to break. We'll be back after this. I'll wisdom. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. There's a couple minutes left. I'm watching Matt Malum on Moon Tunes right now. Matt Malum Music. He he just announced if you go to if you have Venmo at Matt Malum Music on Venmo, he's gonna donate all the proceeds tonight to the Lacrosse Barn Restaurant Relief Fund. So if you want to check out Moon Tunes right now, they're doing a live video as they do every Thursday until they can go actually live in the Riverside Park at the new bandstand there. All right, Grant, real quick, we got a couple minutes. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo. First of all, his Twitter was hacked. I didn't read any of that story, and I don't even know if you want to get into that. But the Golden State Warriors are said to be making a giant run for Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's eligible this summer, to I think, to resign for a five-year Supermax $254 million uh, offer from the Bucks. right? Like, he's he could be the highest-paid player in the NBA, $254 yep, the Bucks, million. The Bucks can give him more money than any other team can give him. And if they do that, then the Warriors are like, all right, we'll trade for him. We'll give you, you know, all our lottery picks. They're going to have a good pick, right? Because they're the, they were the worst team this year if the season still ends. Yep. The Warriors are going to have a top, they're going to have a top five pick, certainly, depending on how the lottery shakes out, top five at least. And then they're going to have another top 10 because they have the Wolves pick too. They have their own pick and then they have the Wolves pick. So they're, they, they could have, they, they are going to have two lottery picks. It's just where they shake out. Oh, that's right. They have the Timberwolves pick and. On top of that, they could give us uh, give the, give the Bucks Clay Thompson. I don't know how the money would work if it could give us all these players. I think it would take all Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and all your picks. They're which, all they're all getting paid. Like Clay Wiggins and Draymond are all making a ton of money, so that that could potentially work. I don't know why the Warriors would do that. But. Yeah, I don't. You don't think the, the the Warriors wouldn't give all that stuff for Giannis? Did they keep Steph in the whole ordeal? Yes. So they, they could have Steph and Giannis? They uh, they might. It would would the Bucks want to do that? They would get really old and really expensive. Yeah, Clay is nice, but he's not Giannis. And Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins aren't equal to Giannis. Ugh. And I don't know anything about college basketball anymore. That I, I'm not a big college basketball. I want the draft pick. So I'm, I'm all for keeping Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the world right now. Even though he's going to cost two hundred fifty-four million dollars for the next five years, oh, I'd, I'd pay him three hundred million if that's what it takes. That's like, like that's it's a player you're never going to get again in my lifetime in Milwaukee. You you pay him whatever it takes. Yeah, it's it's it seems like a funny it's it you know the Warriors yeah we're, we've been planning for this we've been planning I, it's a funny news story because the Warriors have been planning to get Giannis as soon as he signs the super max deal make, making himself the highest paid player in the NBA. Um, everybody has been planning to try to get Giannis Antetokounmpo at about this time, right? It's kind of a kind of a goofy story. 
He's going to be a free agent, so naturally everyone's interested. Like that's, but we got we need something to talk about, right? And you know, in a small market team like Milwaukee, obviously most people want to see him on a big market team, more nationally televised games. Even though the Bucks had like the most nationally televised games this year, whatever, not important. And they were the best team. All right, Grant, thanks for putting up with uh, the Wisdom audience for the last couple of weeks. You will be back on Monday on WKTY, the Wisco Sports Show. What are you talking about? Uh, we're <laughs> going to talk about probably Jordan Love. We're going to get weeks out of that draft pick. Thanks for having me, everybody, and right. thank you, Rick. Yep, thanks. Uh, we'll see you guys on Monday or tomorrow. Tomorrow.